Good morning, Woodmont. Welcome to worship. Uh, if you are visiting uh, with us today, we're delighted that you are. I encourage you to go to our, uh, our homepage, our website, um, woodmontchristian.org, and we'd love to uh, send you our newsletter. You can register your name and information uh, right there by going to the homepage. Join me for a word of prayer. Loving God, open our hearts and minds that we can hear a word from you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. Amen. When this pandemic uh, started back in March, a lot of things changed. Life slowed down. Children did not go back to school after spring break. Events and gatherings were canceled. Church went online. Sporting events like the NCAA basketball tournament and the Masters uh, were canceled or postponed. And for a while, I think most people embraced the forced slowdown. People were at their houses more and they started working from home. Families had dinner together more often. Home projects picked up, which is why stocks like Home Depot and Lowe's have have soared in recent months. But at that time, I heard many people say that they welcomed the slower pace of life. I heard many people say that that they had become too busy, too overcommitted, too many activities, too many nights out away from the house, and there wasn't enough time to spend with their family and their loved ones, and so many people welcome the slowdown. Now we're basically six months into this pandemic, so how do you feel? Are you still enjoying a slower schedule? Are you still spending more time with your family and your loved ones? Or have you become restless, anxious, tired, stressed, frustrated, and can no longer embrace the silver lining of the coronavirus pandemic. I'd say many of us are at a different place now than we were back in April or May. When the school board announced on Tuesday night that Metro schools would remain virtual until fall break and perhaps even until January of 21, my immediate thoughts went to Parents, parents who have had their children home since March, parents who are trying to balance uh, work and being homeschool teachers, uh, parents who work on the church staff who are trying to do their job and also uh, help with their their kids' education. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, at some point, people do reach their their breaking point. Uh, There's only so much stress and only so much that Uh, people can do at one time, only so many plates that you can have in the air at once. And so I know that there are many people who feel like they're reaching the end of their rope. So today, I want to talk about peace. I want to talk about how we can find peace in the midst of what continues to be a very uh, challenging year. I don't know how you feel right now. But if you're like me, then you have many moments, maybe almost every day, where you long to experience some peace in your life. Jesus 
believed in peace. He taught peace. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. He said, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. Do not repay evil for evil. Love your enemies. But in John's gospel, our scripture for this morning, during what is referred to as his farewell address to his disciples, in John 14, Jesus says this, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. So we have a pandemic that's now taken the lives of over 180,000 people, closed businesses, kept kids at home. We have a presidential campaign that's heating up. We have racial tension and unrest in our cities. Now a hurricane slammed into the Gulf Coast doing significant damage, even though it wasn't as bad as some people thought it could be. And we have folks in this church that are already down there uh, working to help. If there's ever been a time when we needed to hear these words of Jesus, it is right now at the end of August, 2020. The world will not give us peace. We must work to find peace in our own heart. Let us say that again. The world will not give us peace. We must work to find peace in our own heart. This week I had the chance to be on a, a Zoom call with a, a group of businessmen in Nashville. I did a short devotional on this, but we got to talk to civil rights icon Bernard Lafayette. You might recall that Bernard Lafayette marched with Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. He was with him in, in, in Memphis along with other icons like John Lewis uh, back in the 60s. He was in King's inner circle, and so he has a perspective from the civil rights era that was really just amazing to hear. He talked about being in Selma and just getting beat up just because he was black. He talked about the organization that was behind the civil rights movement. He was in Memphis, which is my hometown, on the night of April the 3rd, 1968. He was at the Lorraine Motel the night before King was shot. In fact, Martin Luther King told Bernard, go on to Washington and help get the office set up there, the organization set up, and I'll be there in a couple of days. And so on April the 4th, 1968, Lafayette flew to Washington, D.C. The last thing that King said to him was, we need to institutionalize nonviolence. He flew to D.C. When he got there, his ride was not there at the airport, which he thought was a little bit bizarre. He picked up the phone, he called the office, and that's when he found out Martin Luther King has been shot. And he thought, well, well, surely he's okay, right? And they said, no, he is dead. And that's how Bernard Lafayette found out about King's assassination. But to hear his stories, to hear what he went through, to hear how committed they were to nonviolence in order to expose the injustices and the brutality that black people had to go through back in, in those days uh, in the 60s. To hear that firsthand account was very, very 
powerful. And it reminded me that in order for those guys to do what they did back in that day, they had to have peace in their hearts. They had to have peace in their hearts to not respond to the way that they were being treated. And you know where King's inspiration came from? It came from Jesus, from the Sermon on the Mount, from the words that Jesus has to say about nonviolence. It was his faith as a minister that inspired that entire group as they worked for civil rights. Now, there was another guy up north by the name of Malcolm X, and he took a a much different approach to uh, civil rights. It was a much more radical approach, a more violent approach, and he wasn't successful. It was King's legacy that lived on and that moved the civil rights forward. What does it look like in our lives today to find peace in the midst of everything that's going on this year? What is peace? How do we experience it? How do we hold on to it? How do we spread it? I want to share seven brief thoughts with you this morning about what it looks like to find peace in 2020. The first one is this. We must recognize that peace starts within our own heart. It doesn't come from the outside in, it comes from the inside out. And so the people who are the most angry, the most hostile, the most hateful, the most violent, have not found peace in their own heart. Jesus promised to leave us the advocate, the Holy Spirit, But when the world is going crazy, when there is a lot of noise and a lot of fear, sometimes we don't open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's there, but we fail to tap into it because we're anxious, we're afraid, we don't slow down, we don't take the time. And so we must learn to block out all of the things that keep us worried and distracted so that we can find peace in our hearts. So how do we do that? Well, that leads me to my second point. The way that we tap into the Holy Spirit is through the power of prayer. Prayer leads to peace. Prayer is how we connect to God. Prayer is how we slow our minds and slow our hearts so that we can be present, fully present in the moment. And friends, there's no one way to pray. You've heard me say before that It doesn't matter when you pray or where you pray or how you pray. What really matters is that you pray and that you pray on a regular basis. If you don't have a prayer life for whatever reason, then I'd encourage you to start with the Lord's Prayer, the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And then after you say that prayer, just be still. Just be quiet. Think about the people in your life who are hurting, who are struggling, who are grieving, who are battling an illness 
who've lost a loved one, who are in need of love and support, pray for them. Think about your blessings and spend some time thanking God for the many things that you do have because I believe that gratitude is also one of the keys to finding peace in life. Third, to find peace in your heart, you cannot, we cannot, get sucked into unnecessary conflict. You know, some battles are worth fighting, but many are not. And those who fight every battle every single day will become absolutely exhausted. So you have to choose your battles wisely. And please recognize that this is also true when it comes to uh, the web and social media. You can't fight every battle on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's always taken two to fight. If somebody's combative, manipulative, passive aggressive, and if you get tangled up with them, then you have to play by their rules or, or you will lose. You know, many times avoidance is a much better option if it's possible. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. It's simply refusing to get drawn into conflict, refusing to get drawn into a fight. Sometimes that we just need to turn away, walk away and say, I'm not going to take that bait. We all get to choose our battles in life and non-peaceful people will try to suck you into their drama and their conflicts. Don't fall for it. Engage in relationships that are productive and civil and that build mutual respect. Fourth, finding peace means that we must accept the fact in life that there is more that is out of our control than that is in our control. And we have to come to terms with that. Trying to control things that are out of our control will, will, will make us crazy. And many people have learned that the hard way during this pandemic. Some people have figured out that trying to control what is out of our control will make you mad. Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest says this, he says, our culture teaches us that everything out there is hostile. We have to compare, dominate, control, and ensure. In brief, we have to be in charge. And that need to be in charge moves us deeper and deeper into a world of anxiety. As with our attachment to the system of producing and consuming, this anxiety gets worse as we get older. And as the anxiety deepens, we begin to just eliminate people from our lives if we can't control them. We eliminate the ones that we can't fix, control, or see the divine image in, Rohr says. The heart of the serenity prayer is learning to ask for wisdom to discern between the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. And people who become addicted must first recognize that they need help and that they can't do it by themselves. And it's only when they ask for that help that they begin to turn their lives around. And there's a lot of people during this pandemic that are battling addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs or shopping or you name it. And sometimes people 
need help to break unhealthy habits. Fifth, we find peace, I think, through healthy friendships and relationships. That's why they say that the person that you marry is one of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life if you choose to get married. It will lead to your happiness or it will lead to your misery. It's also true that the quality of our friendships, the people that we invest in, the people that we surround ourselves with, make all the difference. And so one of the hardest things about this pandemic is that we've been forced to stay apart. We've had to socially distance. And personally, I don't think that social creatures do well when they're told to social distance, especially after a long period of time. A few months ago, somebody sent me a text that said, hey, introverts, put down your book and check on your friends that are extroverts. They're not doing well right now. And it made me laugh, but I found that to be true. We get through the hard times in life with the support of our friends. And I promise you, the quality of your friendships will determine your sense of peace. And if you surround yourself with toxic people, if you surround yourself with people that always like to fight or argue or gossip, then you will not find peace. Sixth, Finding peace in life has always involved the power of forgiveness. Every single one of us has been done wrong by somebody. Somebody has hurt us. Somebody has offended us. Somebody has disrespected us. Somebody has ignored us. We all have that in common as human beings. And Jesus taught us to forgive because you cannot live your life any other way and still find inner peace. Refusing to forgive is a sure way to not have peace. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget, but it does mean that you choose to let it go and move on and not dwell on the past. Forgiveness is not always easy, but it's always necessary. Peaceful people take forgiveness seriously, and they learn to forgive. And if you believe in the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, then if you want to be forgiven, if you want to receive forgiveness, then you too must go and forgive other people. And that's why Jesus talked about it so much, because he knew it was a recipe for survival in life. If you don't forgive, if you carry burdens, they will drag you down and it will not lead you to a good place. Finally, this morning, my seventh point. Seeking peace must start again with every new day. Every day is a new opportunity for us to find peace. Every day is a new opportunity for us to start over and the people who experience the most peace in life, I think they have a routine that they follow. Often it's a morning routine to begin their day. Maybe it's an exercise routine, a devotional routine, a meditation routine, a prayer routine. But they try to do it every day or at least Monday through Friday. 
We lost a great lady in our church a couple of weeks ago named Virginia Waddy. Some of you got to know Virginia in recent years. She's Alex Waddy's mother. Uh, she was diagnosed with a, a brain tumor and, um, and she didn't make it very long. We had her uh, memorial service uh, in the Garden of Prayer a couple of weeks ago. But one of the things about Virginia, and there's a lot to say about her, but one of her themes in life was you've got to live life one day at a time, one moment at a time. Alex came to her after Issy was, was sick and she pretty much knew that she wasn't going to make it. And he asked his mom, he said, mom, how do I do this? How do I raise three children on my own? And she said, Alex, you just do it just one day at a time. She loved those words of Jesus when he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring troubles of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. And so the only time that we can experience peace is in the present. If you're regretting the past, if you're anxious and anticipating the future, it's going to be hard to experience peace in the present I want to close this morning with a, another famous prayer. I, I call this the prayer of peace. It's the prayer of St. Francis. And if you're looking for something to uh, kickstart a, a prayer life, this is another good one to use in addition to the Lord's Prayer. But St. Francis says, and I'll close by, with this, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. And it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.